Good morning. We're starting a message series today that should help us to find some clues so that we can get on the right pathway toward wisdom. If you're checking out what it means to follow Christ, you haven't yet committed your life to follow him, what you'll find out is that God is much more concerned about life here and now than you might think. You can get the idea that he's he just he's so much about heaven that he doesn't really help you very much in the here and now. And we'll find as we dig into scripture over the next few weeks that he is concerned about your eternity and he wants to help you develop a relationship now with him that will carry you on through eternity. But you'll also find that as you follow him, there is some tremendous help for today, for this week, whatever's going on in your life. Call it the amazing journey because amazing means something that causes great surprise or, or sudden wonder. And as I follow the Lord, I have been amazed at the wisdom of following him. There's a verse in Psalm, it's not in your listening guide that you have in the, the bulletin there. The verse in, in Psalm 19 that says, the, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And I've, I've found that as I've set out to follow God, find out what he says in the scriptures, and try to live life with him, to the extent that I've lived life in line with the way he says I should, I have found wisdom. I, I have found his blessing. Hindsight has shown me over and over again the value of doing life his way. Here's an example. One, one example is I was in college and I'd already decided that the Lord wanted me to be a pastor of a church. And so I was applying for a, a youth pastor job, job of a high school, uh, leading a high school group in a church that was growing, thriving, really good, seemed like a really good situation for me. So my cousin was involved there and sounded like a good idea. So I applied for the job, went through the process of the application process, which is I, I met with the pastor, talked over some things with him, met with the, the high school group, kind of got to know them a little bit. And then they bring you before the whole church and the church votes on whether or not you should get hired. And so the church went before them, answered some questions. The church decided to hire me, and the pastor called me that night and offered me the job. And from my understanding, that was then, now I had a decision to make. So he asked me if I'd like to take the job, and I told him that I'd like a couple days to pray about it before I decided. And he said, no, I need you to decide right now whether or not you want the job. And so I told him no, that I, if, if I didn't have the opportunity to pray about it a couple of days, then I wouldn't take the job. And I really wanted the job. It looked like a good situation. It looked like I could learn some things about how to do ministry and how to, how to handle things in church life and in a certain way. And it, it looked really good. But not long after that, there was some turmoil in the church, the leadership began to have some struggles, and things began to dwindle. And looking back, I was very grateful that I had decided to seek God in the matter and try to do life His way. And as you get into Scripture, you find out that haste 
really would have cost me in that situation. Haste is a costly thing. You see the gal in the video? <laughs> she grabs the clue, doesn't even, doesn't even read it, man. She's gone. Boom. Got to try to get there. Don't know where there is, but I got to try to get there. Haste is a very costly thing. If I'd have made that decision in haste, looking back, it would have been a sidetrack. I had the opportunity for God to do some things in me and build some things into me that I wouldn't have had if I'd have had that responsibility in that church. God's wisdom turns out to be a very, very valuable thing. This message series that I'm starting today is a companion series to the, the one we did a, a, a while back. A couple weeks ago, we wrapped it up called Folly at Work. We looked at folly, how it works in us, the price we pay for it. Well, God wants to show us folly so that we can grow in wisdom. And so this series, we're going to be looking at what the pathway is, where we find wisdom, and then how we can continue on that pathway and why it's important to to follow God and, and experience what he has to offer. Wisdom is the ability to handle life in a way that, God's, that brings God's blessing into your life, both here and now and in eternity. We, we, he, he shows us how to respond to the flow of life in a way that really brings his, his blessing into our lives and the people that we're responsible for and that we relate to. If, if you establish a relationship with God, it can never be severed. That, that relationship can, cannot be cut off. The scriptures say, actually Jesus said, that if you, if you follow me, if you turn from going your own way to follow me, and you make me your Lord, and you decide that I'm going to be your boss, you are in my hand. You're in the palm of my hand. No one can snatch you out of my hand. Your eternity is secure. That's what scripture says. But... The amount of blessing that you experience in this life between now and the day you die and move on into eternity, the amount of blessing that you experience in this life is contingent upon your decisions and the choices you make, the way you handle your relationships and your responsibilities. I was on a jury a, a couple of, I think it was about a year and a half ago or so, and in the jury selection process, it used to be that I didn't really have to worry about being on a jury. I, I don't know what changed. Something has changed. But when they find out what I do for a living, they usually don't really want to have anything to do with me because they're not quite sure if I'm a wild-eyed fanatic who wants to take everybody out or a very kind, gen, gen, you know, genteel person who just wants to let everybody off the hook. So that the, the lawyers don't quite know what category to put me in, which a lot of people don't. So it's normal. But I, in the jury selection process in this, in this trial, this was a, a rape case. And for the last, I, I, I actually used to not worry when I got the little sheet, but the last two times I've been selected for the trial. And I was selected for this one. But the prosecutor unfortunately asked a very good question to which I had to respond honestly out of a good conscience. What I wanted to do is respond in a way that would let me off the hook, but, but, but God, God really wants us to be good citizens. I mean, he wants us to, to serve our duty on juries. So he asked me this question. 
when he found out that I was a pastor. He said, can you separate forgiveness from consequences? And I thought, oh, yes, I can. Shucks. <laughs> Doggone it, I can. So, um, and the reason I can is what we're talking about here. Because God forgives you. And, and he loves you. He, he has pursued you, actually. He pursues you. If you don't have a relationship with him, he is trying to draw you to himself. And his grace will cover your sin and your wrong, and you will be forgiven. But he doesn't deliver you from the consequences of your choices. That's what the prosecutor was talking about. Did I have the ability mentally to separate forgiveness from the consequences and... Yes, I do, because God does. What he does is he leaves, he leaves the consequences. As adults, we tend to learn by, by getting knots on our head as we make decisions that turn out well, as we develop relationships that maybe we, we don't do things right and we pay a price. That's how we learn. And God, as a loving father, once you enter into a relationship with him, he wants to show you how to live life in a way that really brings blessing, honor to him and blessing to you. So I can separate those things because it's the way God operates. He wants to use the consequences, both good and bad, to train us. So wisdom is the ability to handle the flow of life in a way that brings his blessing. That's, that's why it's worth so much. Here are a couple of reasons why it's worth so much. It's worth so much because it helps us choose the right goals. Proverbs 17:24 says, A discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. A fool sets their goals out of folly. They look at a circumstance or a relationship, a decision they have to make, they have to decide how to respond. They look at that based on what they want, what's going to make them look good or what's going to turn out to their, their best interests, how they're going to come out on top in this situation. And they don't care who gets hurt as they go for this selfish goal. That's, a, that's what Scripture defines as foolishness. A wise man, however, always keeps wisdom in view. As he sets out to handle relationships in family life, marriage, dating, in, 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 you know, relating to roommates, friendships, uh, how you use your words, the, the way you're going to respond in a conversation. A wise person, a discerning man, keeps wisdom in view. They're not thinking, what do I want to say? But they're thinking, what's the best thing for me to say? What's the best response? What is the wise response in this circumstance? As they're handling their responsibilities, finances, work, relating to authority, they're not, they're not operating out of what do I want to do? If you do what you want to do, most of the time you end up in a lot of trouble. But a, a discerning person is thinking, what is the wise response here? What's the best way to, to go about this? The key question is not, how do I get what I want? But the key question is, what is a wise course of action given all the variables of this situation? What is the wisest way to move forward from here? The wise course of action will bring maximum blessing in the long haul. Blessing means life is good. That's all it means. It's well with you. Life is good. We want that. We want life to be good. God does too. 
He wants your life to be good. But he wants us to begin to learn how he's put life together. And through the the good and the bad of life, he wants that to draw us on a search for him and then on a search for wisdom. So wisdom is worth so much because choosing the, the right goal is important for finding God's blessing. And it also helps us find the better path. It helps us to find the right path. We face many decisions every day of our life that have a big impact on our lives. Some of them have a smaller impact. Some of them have a huge impact. Some of them are little decisions that we make over and over again that tend to stack up and make big impact in our relationships, our responsibilities, the way that we go about life. Wisdom is always found on a certain pathway. And it's clearly marked in Scripture where you find wisdom. Proverbs 8, 20 through 21 says this. It says, I walk. This Proverbs 8 is a passage where wisdom is talking. Wisdom is personified as a woman, and wisdom is talking. And, and she says, I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. Righteousness is doing what's right before God. That's all it is. Sounds sort of complicated when you, when you say it, but it just means you enter a situation and you're thinking about what is right before God here. What would he want me to say or do? Justice means that you're doing what's right for people. And wisdom says, I walk along this path. The guardrails are righteousness and justice. That's where you're going to find wisdom is, is in there between those guardrails. And she, she says, I'm bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. You see, God loves us with an unfailing love. It's unconditional. But wisdom Wisdom is conditional. She only, she only pours herself out to those who love her, those who are trying to live in line with God's way. Another marker on the pathway, which is actually shows us the best way to proceed, is what the Bible calls prudence. Proverbs 8.12 says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To be prudent is to know the best way to accomplish the goal without violating righteousness and justice. That's what it means to be prudent. You know the best way to move forward and accomplish things. You have a certain amount of understanding and skill to pull that off. What I'd like to do is, these are the three dimensions of wisdom that we've just looked at in these two passages. What I'd like to do is paint a scenario to show you how those three dimensions work their way into everyday life. Let's imagine that you like to barbecue. And it turns out that you're really good at it. You have friends over all the time. Uh, if, you're, if you're part of church life, you know, you get groups of people, maybe teams of people come over. They, they enjoy your barbecue. And people keep telling you, you, you should start a restaurant. I mean, this is good stuff. You should do this. For me, I really have to imagine this because I'm not that good. I can barely do hot dogs, okay, but <laughs> I can do a couple things, but I'm not that great. But I'm imagining that I'm, I'm okay, friends think this is great, and I, I really enjoy this, so I'm going to start a barbecue place. It's almost just a little small place in my town, and I'm just going to start it small. Maybe it's a little more than a barbecue stand. So you decide that you're going to open this place, 
And here are how the, the three dimensions of wisdom would play out in your endeavor of trying to start the barbecue stand. First of all, as you start out, if you're going to do righteously, if you, it, that's what righteousness is. Toward God, this one dimension of wisdom is you, do, you want to do righteous. So wisdom, as you're starting the barbecue stand, wisdom considers what is right before God. As you set up the restaurant, as you get your business license, as you begin to handle all those legal matters that you have to do, you just really want a barbecue, but these are the things you need to take care of. And there are a lot of things in setting up your barbecue stand that only you and God are going to know. But what you decide as you set this barbecue stand up is, I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to do what God wants me to do in the way that I set this thing up. So you do that. Toward the people involved, you want to show justice. Pretty things, pretty soon things start growing. They quickly begin to grow. You, you need to hire some people because it's more than you can handle. And so things are starting to grow. You hire some people. To be just is treating those employees, the people you hire, rightly. You hire them. You make it a good place to work. Morale is high because you're treating them fairly and rightly. Morale is really high. They want to do their best for you, so they treat customers in a certain way. And, and they're relating rightly, handling things well. They're trying to learn. The people that are beginning to cook for you, they're really paying attention. They want to do right by you because you're doing right by them. And so they do their best. They're digging in. Boy, things start growing again. They, they, you're doing real well because morale is high. Everybody's giving their best effort. And, boy, people love the barbecue in your little town. They really do. So toward the people involved, it's justice. Toward the goals, the dimension of wisdom is it's successful or prudent. You decide now, since you're growing, you're doing well in your town, you've, you've done about all the business you can think you can do there, you decide to expand to the next town. It's in the same county, but you decide to go to another town and open up a barbecue stand. People there don't know you as well as they do in your hometown. Wisdom is the, the ability, prudence, is the ability to choose the right timing to make the move, to open up and expand. You, you, to be prudent means that you have the ability to market things well and get the whole operation set up in the next town in a way that gives you the best opportunity for success. You are prudent. Now, here's what happens if you ignore one or all of these dimensions of wisdom. If you're not righteous... You decide early on, you know, there's a, this is primarily a cash business. So maybe I'll just take some of the cash, put it in my pocket, and I'm not going to report it to the IRS. Well, that's okay. You can get, in other words, it's not okay, by the way. It's not righteous. <laughs> but it's, it, you get by with it, in other words, for a while, but... Your business begins to grow. I mean, you go into the next town, that does well. You go into the next town, it gets big enough so it's starting to attract attention, and the IRS wants to see what you're doing with the way you're handling these things. Well, beyond stuff in the cash in, you decide nobody's going to know, so I'm just going to do a couple other things. The IRS does an audit, and you pay heavily. Boom, it all comes crashing down because you've ignored the dimension of righteousness in the way that you've handled your business. If you're not just, what's going to happen is you can cook your own goose. You actually barbecue your own goose is what you'll, 
you'll end up doing. But <clears throat> you you start playing favorites with the employees. People are beginning to get privilege that they haven't earned just because you enjoy them or you like them or you want to be cool. And so you begin to play favorites. And the soon, as soon as you begin to play favorites, morale drops in, in your little barbecue stand culture. It, it hits the floor. Morale drops, and the employees get unmotivated. They don't really want to work that hard anymore, and so the cooks aren't really paying that much attention. The quality of the, the food goes down, and your business really pays. Progress is hindered. If you're not prudent toward your goals, you may be able to make a great barbecue dinner. You're doing what's right before God. Employees are happy. But the business doesn't grow because there's a there's poor planning and execution and and the organization people can't interface with it, and so you can't even think about moving forward to make progress because wow, it's just such a mess right now. I don't know how I would pull that off. So these three dimensions need to be present in the way that you handle life if you're going to handle life wisely. It's the same with your family. In, in building a family, you need to be thinking what's righteous before God. In developing relationships, what's just? What's right before God, what's just? And what's prudent in the way that we should relate here? There are boundaries in relationships that we shouldn't bust through. We need to be prudent in those. Wisdom is a very valuable thing because it allows you to make the right kind of progress in life. It's, it's the same in relationships finances, working under authority, as it is in a barbecue stand. It's all there. If you handle the flow of life with wisdom, then life is good. You are blessed by the living God who wants to help you in life. So the, the thing that usually brings up our search for wisdom is folly, the consequences of poor choices. And we begin to look. Sometimes we look in the media, that's, that's the storyteller in our society. We have storytellers that give us ideas. We pick up notions from movies and watching talk shows and things that we develop. They become ideas and they become things that we hold on to. Uh, we, we look. Religion. All across the world, religion is the reason it's there most of the time is people are trying to figure out how can I do what will open up the hand of the gods or God who can bless me, who can, who can help me. So what they, what they want to do is they want to make sure they do all the right things. There's something in us that, that makes sense. We've we got to do the right things so that we don't get squashed by whatever power there is out there. That's, that's really at the heart of religion across the world. So we go to all kinds of sources traditions. This is just the way we do it. If we don't do it this way, we're not going to make we're not going to be able to move forward here. So we've got these things that we go after. If you want to find something, you go to the right source. You find the right source for it. The source of wisdom, scripture says, is God God himself. And it's not about religion. You get in Jesus told us it's really not about Doing the right things. If you look at Matthew 5 through 7, you find out it's about a relationship with the living God. Humbling yourself before him and developing a relationship with him 
where you can begin to live in line with the way he's made life to work. Proverbs 2, 6 through 8 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. You find in Scripture that God made us, and he's given us an owner's manual in life. And that's the Scriptures. He wants to give us wisdom as we learn to walk with him. Now, what we tend to do as people is we tend to bust through the guardrails and we tend to go it on our own. We go off-road, and when we go off-road, what happens is the ride is very bumpy, and we end up in a ditch. And that's where God hopes that the bumpy ride and ending up in a ditch will lead us to turn to him and begin to look to him to help us to grow in wisdom so that that you know, so the ride gets smoother and we don't end up in a ditch again. He wants the ditches and the bumps to draw us back to him. And when we do turn to him and find him, he takes us along the right pathway so that we gain wisdom, so, we, so that we learn from him. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at how to get started on the pathway of wisdom, how to get going and how to con- or how to continue on the path. Of wisdom, how to make sure you're on the right course. Proverbs 9.10 says this. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is having the right attitude toward God. It means this. It doesn't mean that you're shaking, afraid of God that way, but it means that you take Him seriously, and you realize that He's involved in my family. He's involved in my business. He's involved in my all of my relationships. He is watching And so I want to do righteousness before him. I want to do justice, and I want to be prudent. And and so you may be facing a circumstance this week. Situations come up, you're having struggle in a relationship, or you have a decision to make about something. You've got some things going on. The starting point for wisdom is to ask, God, what do you want for me? In this situation, what is right before you? How should I respond in a way that will please you and bring honor to you so that I can find your blessing and share that blessing with the people around me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. That's what we're going to be looking at. As the band comes up, would you pray with me? Our Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word. And I thank you for your grace that we continually experience, God, as we get off course. You're very loving and kind and patient, wanting to train us and grow us. And my prayer is, Lord, as we're dealing with the things in our life, that the good and the bad consequences, that we turn our heart to you and ask you to grow wisdom in us and to give us the the ability that we don't have, the strength that we need to do what pleases you, God. I ask for your help in this. And as we look over these next few weeks, God, get us ready to hear what you have to say to us and to grow in your wisdom, Lord. I ask for your help in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.